Hello, and welcome to the second part of this episode of John Scott Lawton's English You Know, as I interview Michaela Smith, a Slovak national who has worked for many years in the corporate hospitality or commercial hospitality sector, but who has now changed role and changed career to become a leadership and transformational coach. Michaela talks about this change, where it's come from, and why she's motivated to make such a career move, as she talks again about her travels around the world, working in many different countries. In this episode, we move from Vietnam to Japan, and then back to the United Kingdom, under somewhat trying personal circumstances, as Michaela now lives in Dorset, on the south coast of England, with her husband. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you'd like to make a comment, particularly through the Anchor Sound app, please do so, or contact me by email, johnscottlawton at hotmail.co.uk. The podcast description contains all of the references you'll need to make contact with Michaela directly, her website, which she's using to promote her work as a transformational coach, is linked in the podcast description. Please follow that through to make contact with her personally. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. And then one of the countries that I've never been to, but I'd love to, because I've worked with Japanese people before, you went to Japan, so Osaka as well. Very yeah. jealous. So tell me a bit <laughs> about Japan and how much of a culture shock was that? You know, I tell you, it was not such a big culture shock as when I came to Vietnam. Uh, so I think uh, because I was already at that time, I was in Asia for four years. And obviously I've traveled a lot. I, I, I went to visit Japan before I took the job. We went there for holidays as well. I've, I've traveled to Singapore, Hong Kong, Thailand, you know, in that time. And even though Japan is ex completely different from the rest of Asia, right? So it's Japan and then everybody else kind of, it's a very, very different mentality and a very different culture. Still, it wasn't such a big shock as when I came to Vietnam from Middle East. Mm -hmm. um, so the transition there was okay because the expectations were kind of, I knew it was going to be different, very different. So that was okay, to be honest with you. So Vietnam, in a sense, had helped you, strangely, cope with Japan. Yeah. Um, what about, but if somebody uh, comes, sorry, if somebody comes to Japan to work in Japan straight from Europe or from US, uh, many people just don't make it. Yeah. That's where the culture would yeah. be difficult to adapt. How about language? Because uh, obviously the script is different from Roman languages. Um, how do you cope with um, wanting to access various facilities? Yeah. Um, did you use English or did you learn Japanese? I've started to learn Japanese, but as with all the other attempts to learn Vietnamese and then to learn Arabic and you know, <laughs> all the other languages where we stayed, very quickly I gave up on that. Uh, language in Japan definitely is a challenge. 60% of my team did not speak English. Um, so to kind of connect with your team, uh, you know, kind of connect and, and overcome that culture barrier, which is huge, really, it's massive, plus the language on top of it. Um, you, ha you have to be a senior person if you really want to make an impact. And obviously you are expected to deliver results and and make money for the company as the commercial uh, leader. Um, so it was massive, massive three years, I would say. Uh, and language was 
um, a big part of it. But again, because I have traveled already and because I came there with many years of experiences by this time, you kind of adapt and you go with the flow and you find out what is the best way for that country to work. What is the best way for that team, not for me, for that team to work. Um, uh, and then you just you just listen. So this is what I've learned from Vietnam is like, just take the first three, four months don't do anything just listen and observe and talk to people so that you can understand what they are like uh-huh. and what works in here so that i can make this a success yeah i think that's good advice very true and what about any gender differences in japan as a woman in a senior management position did you feel comfortable were you accepted uh, did you feel equal yeah, so our leadership, so very openly, you know, whoever, if you if you are interested in Japanese culture, you, you will know that women and men, uh, that gender equality is still not there. You know, it's very much uh, run by men, even though it is changing now. Um, in Japan, I wouldn't really say as a, as a uh, Caucasian woman, I wouldn't say that the challenge was that I was a woman. Um, it's It's more... And it's a very sensitive topic, so I don't really want to go there so that we do not sway the wrong way. But it's more as a Japanese outsider, you know, non-Japanese person, whether it's man or woman, doesn't really matter. You, that's your first kind of challenge to, to create respect or to create some kind of connection so that you are accepted. Whether you're a man or a woman doesn't really matter so much, to be honest with you, uh, to start with, because it is, yeah, First of all, you're not Japanese and you will be, they will let you know that you are not Japanese. And these are the first kind of steps that you have to take to accept it. Because in all all the other countries, uh, Asian countries, or even even Middle East, but Asian countries, when you come as an expat that is in a senior position, you kind of accept right or wrong, but you, you kind of expect that you're just going to be listened to because you are coming from that position of maybe superiority, again, right or wrong, but it is how, how it is normally. When you come to Japan, whatever senior position you have, you are not accepted. You can be the president of the universe. It's not going to you know, help you. Um, no. so, so there is that kind of time when you need to kind of build that respect. Um, but when, then when you go inside the culture, yes, you are completely right. Uh, the country is still run by men. There are some fantastic women that are coming out, Japanese women that are really talking, you know, the female language and, and making loads of progress, uh, but it's a slow change. So a lot of aspects into that three year, into those three years. That's very interesting. And again, learning this while you're working is a challenge because you've still got to deliver the day job, maybe with a different set of constraints or a different set of issues to think about at the same time. Yeah, 100 So after many years working, you returned or you went to England with your husband. So again, chance for culture shock and culture change. How did you accommodate life in England? So when we, so first of all, it was a planned move. Um, 
maybe just to add to my personal situation, my hubby is 19 years older than I am. Uh, and also when we just moved to Japan from Vietnam, six weeks after we moved to Japan, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, really heavy stage of brain cancer. So he forgot my name. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know where we were. Um, so the first year in Japan, for he, we couldn't fly back to the UK because the, yeah. the tumor and cancer was really so so spread that he couldn't fly anymore. Um, luckily, I would say we were in Japan because Japanese healthcare is second to none. It is fat, fabulous and definitely thanks to Japanese doctors, he's still here. Fantastic. So... Uh, I planned to move back to the UK for a couple of reasons. One was that I kind of started being a little bit tired of traveling and kind of starting over again and over again and over again. Um, and second big part of it was I wanted to bring my husband uh, back home. Um, yes. And very frankly and very realistically, we did not know how long he was going to live or, you know, the doctors told me if cancer comes back, when it comes back to brain, there's just no way out of it. So I, I really wanted him to still experience his home and live in his own home country, speak his own language, uh, be connected with his family. Uh, so when we, and as I said, you know, we've been married at this stage for when we moved down here 22 years ago. So I used to come down to Dorset every year uh, for holidays with him. So it mm -hmm. felt like it was my home as well. It is my home as well. I yeah. feel like that as well. So when we got here, it just, uh, for me personally, it was like, because he's not able to, he recovered, but he's still not able to arrange things. You know, he doesn't understand things. He can't communicate very well with strangers. He doesn't understand the context of things. Um, so I was really relieved when we came in here mm -hmm. um, and we stayed, we rented a house for six months and then we found while renting, we found a place to buy, mm -hmm. uh, which, which completely, you know, we just took a massive burden of my shoulders because we are settled, we are in yeah. our own place. Um, and it's just, this is such a beautiful part of the world um that you know just this was the best thing that we could have done under the circumstances um so yeah so if i never ever travel again i think i got that travel desire that i had as a kid or as a girl out of my system by now <laughs> yeah you've done what you set out to do change. Yes, yeah. but it's very good that you've been able to accommodate, obviously, your, your husband's health, his desire. And, you know, that there is this issue of home and where home is. Mm. Uh, and, you know, obviously for you, this is not Slovakia where you're living now. But um, for him, it was home. And it's a very not generous, but, it, you know, it's a very understandable and very kind thing to say, OK, we need to get you back to where as much as possible your life is easy. Um, and linguistically, you know, language wise, being able to speak English freely with people does provide him that degree of, if not comfort, you know, ease of, of life, really. Mm, mm. It's very understandable. Yeah. And so now you're going to change career. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. So 
you've told me um, you're going to move into the field of leadership and transformational coaching. So can you tell me a little bit about that and what you hope to achieve in your new business? Yeah. So I think just to say that when we moved to England, um, I resigned from my company in, in Japan. Uh, but when we moved to England, the company, because the HQ, the headquarters of the company are in London, uh, they offered me a position once again. So uh, that was really, really good because obviously I have been or had been out of Europe for a very long time by, by the time we came back. Uh, did not really know how things work in here when it comes to business and um, practical things like taxes, like health insurance, like, you know, just practicalities, really. So uh, they offered me the job, which I very gladly accepted. So I'm currently still working as a marketing director for UK and Ireland. Uh -huh. um, and during these last couple of years, just my desire or my focus on uh, what is important in my job has definitely shifted from as a commercial leader, lead, uh, reaching the targets and delivering money and performing. That focus definitely has shifted onto my team and seeing them grow and seeing, seeing uh, them as me 15, 20 years ago and, you know, seeing those desires. And, and uh, I find young people in their 20s and, and 30s as well. Um, it's a hard world out there at the moment. Uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. it really is very, very hard. And um, I remember me going through my challenges and integrating and, and finding my own way. I never had anybody who would really support me um, so much. You know, I would also always have to find my own way until I started looking for coaches myself because I, I you know, ran into difficulties I couldn't help myself with. Uh -huh. And so really seeing them and supporting them and, and kind of leading them towards mindful leadership instead of being driven by achieving the company's targets, achieving the numbers so that they can say that, you know, they are the best salesperson or the best marketing person, but really supporting them in learning about themselves and who they are and uh -huh. if they want to become the leaders one day what it is important and what does it mean to them to be a leader uh, and what kind of leader do they want to be? So that's really where my focus has shifted massively. And um, that's why I've decided I, that's what I want to do full time. Like it is a very scary move because for anybody who worked in a corporate company and had a beautifully secure, even though stressful and full of anxieties from time to time job, Mm -hmm. But having that paycheck at the end of the month and um, having that security and uh, all that stuff, just leaving it behind at the age of I'm 47 next, next month, um, at the age of 47, it is scary. It's very, very scary. Uh, but my gut feeling is telling me it's, if I don't do it now, I'm definitely not going to do it later. So that's what's happening. That sounds a very bold and very brave move. Um, but this focus on people, obviously, you've spent your whole career working with people, mm -hmm. leading teams, managing teams, enabling teams to perform, yes, against targets and to budget um, and delivering uh, services in particular and business in particular. Um, but now it's a nice shift. Will you work with teams or will you, will you work with individuals as a transformational coach? Uh, both, both. So I, I, I am already working as a coach, so I, I'm already coaching 
and have been coaching again as you know outside of my job uh, for quite some time two or three years but I have just qualified um, officially beginning of this year in January so because I knew I wanted to transition so I knew I had to have a formal qualification uh, to, to really go and pursue that so uh, both uh, individual coaching and group coaching um, have been do, doing group coaching online same as you individual mm-hmm. coaching online same, same as you and now that things have opened up in the UK I am working on having a few conversations going on with the corporate companies with my own company you know they know that I want to leave in January so they have been very supportive um, so it's going to be a mix of to be very honest with you, at the beginning, whatever kind of job I can get, I will go and do. <laughs> Let me put it that way. <laughs> yes, we could say, we could uh, say a lot about working for yourself and the challenges, but also the joys it brings. Um, mm. But it's certainly not easy. I think where you'd have a decided advantage over me is your experience in marketing, because marketing is one of the aspects yeah. which, if you're not particularly good at it, takes a long time yeah. to fully appreciate not just how to get close to your customers, but how to reach them in the first place. Yeah. Um, you know, I tend to find once I've got students, they stand, stay with me. Yeah. Um, but it's finding finding them in the first place can be can be challenging. Yeah. So that's that sounds really good. What are you going to um, to do socially? I mean, do you have enough time to yourself? Can you sort of relax and enjoy that beautiful? green hilly countryside of dorset which i love from the um thomas hardy novels if anybody reads thomas hardy he they will get to know about dorset uh, an mm. imaginary dorset but pretty much based on what he experienced living in dorset and um, yeah. you get time to explore the dinosaur coast a hundred percent and you know it really is i do recommend to anybody who's listening or everybody who's listening to this just please do make time and come down to south of england it's just such a beautiful part of the world as i said so yes definitely i do very consciously um so self-care is a big part of how i function obviously having a very demanding job um that takes you know 10 to 12 hours a day uh very often looking after my hubby um also looking after his mother uh, my mother-in-law who is 94 um at the moment um plus my transition into my own business you know it's a lot going on basically so first and foremost again at this age we all know that if you don't look after yourself nothing else is going to happen so self-care and and carving time for myself and knowing how I need to relax or how I want to relax and what works for me and what doesn't is extremely uh, that's the main priority so my weekends at least one day a week either Saturday or Sunday um, to spend with people that have nothing to do with my business so I've really consciously made a lot of effort um, to create a little community here in Dorset um, when we move down uh, with people that are from different walks of life but have, are completely uninterested in what I do, are uninterested in my title, uh, you know, just going and chit-chatting and going for very long walks here in the, for- in the forest or down by the beach. Um, that is completely, that is a must. Without it, I, would, I couldn't function. So, yes. Yeah, that's, uh, again, very sound um, advice and wisdom. My strategy 
Um, I re when I was in my fifth, early fifties, I rediscovered my love of football. I mean, I, I never lost it, but I really went for it big time. Um, I was a chief executive officer at the time, quite a stressful job, it has to be mm. said, um, and a senior manager thereafter. And I just felt that I didn't have a social life. I, mm. I lived in a town, a beautiful town in the middle of England, Matlock in Derbyshire, but I hardly knew anybody. I had no friends. I had no social life. So I made a deliberate and conscious effort to get involved in the local football club. I ended up being the Tannoy boy, the person who announced the teams onto the pitch. Um, and that was great because nobody, as you said, gave a care what my day job was. All they cared about is whether I announced the latest goal correctly <laughs> or got the substitution right. So it was nice to have something completely separate yeah. from the day job, from the work job, to focus my energies on and my passions on. And I think that's very good advice for anybody working in a stressful job. Yeah. And also, uh, apart from nature, which is a massive part of my life, um, having my own coach. Mm -hmm. So obviously me being coach, but I uh, continuously need support from other coaches. And, and I have, over the last eight to 10 years, I would say, had a range of different coaches from performance coaches to life coaches to spiritual coaches uh -huh. uh, to transformational coaches so it is important for me to have that kind of a safety net of a person that I build a relationship with um, and when I when I kind of don't know which way to go or just need to talk myself out of all the thoughts that are in my head and just let them out uh -huh. um having a coach uh, is extremely important for me personally Yes, I'm already decided that I want to invite you back because um, mm -hmm. one of the aspects we haven't spoken about is the happiness concept and how people can encourage themselves and work with themselves to to achieve happiness in, in many different forms. Mm -hmm. um, but there is this mental state of peace of mind um, rather than I'll give you a peace of my mind, not that. This is <laughs> peace, P-E-A-C-E, -E, um, which is being at peace with yourself, what you're doing, what you're thinking, as you say, what you're expressing, particularly for you at the moment, you've got the personal circumstance with your husband. It must be very challenging. Um, I have personal health problems. And again, sometimes they interfere with work. Sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's relevant. Sometimes it's not. But deciding that and working that through with somebody else is a very valuable um, asset, a very valuable thing to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, Michaela, I'd like to thank you very much. You've taken us on a wonderful tour there via Slovakia a couple of times. Um, will you come back? Do you come back very often? What will happen in the next few months? Do you know? Uh, I was back home. I still call it home. It's uh -huh. like I will always be home. I feel I have two homes here yes. and, and back home. Uh, I was at home at the end of June. And now I'm planning probably either before Christmas, but probably I been thinking about it in January because if I leave my job in January then I will have that time to go and spend I can't leave I can't go for too long because obviously my hubby I can't leave him here too long for on his own but probably I will be back in January yeah okay well lovely to meet up then and um, certainly keep in touch and uh, thank you very much and we'll definitely revisit the whole once you get established with your new role fully uh, as a coach um, to pick that up as a theme because it's certainly something that's very valuable to people and includes a lot of language input, the words mm. people choose to use for themselves oh, to describe yeah, situations mm. and to work them through. 
Yeah. So, Michaela, thank you very much indeed. And I do wish your husband all the very best. Thank you very health. much, John. Wishing you and all your listeners as well all the very best. Ďakujem veľmi pekne. Dovidenia. Ďakujem. Dovidenia. Dovidenia.